Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Well, what is up and welcome to A Little Better. Thanks for joining us, whether you're watching us or listening to us. We're grateful that you're here and This week on the podcast, we kicked Aaron Hickson to the curb, and we invited a new and a little better Aaron Wagner to with us. So, Aaron, what's up? Hey, how's it going? It's good to have you. If you guys weren't here this weekend or you didn't get to watch the service, Aaron and her husband, Aaron, there's a lot of Aaron's being thrown around. So Too many Aaron's. I have a thing for Aaron's. I don't know (laughs) what it is. But... Aaron and her husband, Aaron, shared their story, and so we're going to talk a little little bit more in detail about that, but Aaron, welcome to the podcast, and I just want to start by, you know, it's fall, you can feel it in the air, I've got my space heater going in my office to keep me warm, it'll be going all winter long, but fall, right, what's your favorite thing about fall? I love everything about fall. I love taking my kids to pick apples and then making apple pie for my husband and um, pumpkin patches and mums and everything about fall. I love it. Wait, Ashley listens to this every once in a while. Did you say you like making apple pies for your husband? Yeah, I actually just made a bunch of pie fillings to put in my freezer. So I have like 10 apple pies ready to go with like fresh apples. I'm not normally a baker, so don't, you know, get your hopes up. But I do like making those. That sounds amazing. I'm in. When we uh, Just tell me when to come over. I'm okay, up. I'll bring you one for sure. Some vanilla ice cream right on top, melted. I actually made apple dumplings last night. Homemade apple dumplings. Oh, see, that's fancier than my pie. Yeah. No, the hardest thing is my wife has gone gluten-free. So I got to use this like one-to-one flour. It actually turned out really good. I was really proud of myself. Oh, that's good. That's impressive. Sweet. Well, let's dive into the meat of it. So we started a brand new series on Moses. And we saw Moses was born in like this crazy tumultuous time where really he was supposed to die. And it kind of really correlated with your story. His mom had to be brave. You had to be brave. And so walk me a little bit through, Aaron, that first moment where you realized something was wrong with Hudson. And just kind of tell me how you felt, what emotions were kind of raging through your, your head. Yeah, I think um, when we went to our first um, follow-up ultrasound that was at Unity Hospital, I honestly, like when we walked in, didn't really think anything was wrong. I thought they just couldn't see what they needed to see, like due to position or whatever. So um, when the doctor told us um, what she was seeing on the ultrasound and about the problems with his heart, I, I was completely shocked. Um, I think that's why I had so much emotion in the moment because it completely caught me off guard. Like that was the turning point where I was like, Oh no, this, and I, it kind of is like that. Oh, all of these dreams that I had for my child, I started like really evaluating those or thinking, wow, this really may not happen the way I thought it was going to in that moment. Um, so I, yeah, I was completely overwhelmed with emotion. My husband like teases me because if we're out walking, like he's six, two, he's tall. So like I have trouble keeping up with him. I always walk really slow, but like that day leaving the hospital, I walked faster than I've ever walked in my 
my whole life because I just wanted to get out of there. And I was like bawling and running. And I'm sure I was a sight for sore eyes, like this waddling pregnant girl trying to get out of there. Um, but yeah, I was, um, completely surprised and overwhelmed. And, you know, for the next 24 hours, my husband and I were just talking like, how, how are we going to do this? What's this going to be like? I just, yeah, like I never have before. I was so emotional about it. So overwhelmed and pregnancy hormones. I'm sure that didn't help at all, but like I cried a lot for the next 24 hours for sure. Just trying to wrap my head around what we were looking at. Yeah. Well, no one would blame you for crying. Um, I'm an emotional guy. I would have been a ball baby. So no judgment here. (laughs) As you kind of, you know, I I would assume over the next couple of weeks, you started to kind of gain like, Hey, here's what this is. I know your husband, he's a researcher. So he probably had all the uh, knowing exactly what was going on if I know Aaron well enough. And so once you started to digest, okay, here's the problem. Here's kind of what we know what we're doing. Here's the plan of attack. What got you through some of those hard days? You know, I would bet that there are people listening to our podcast that maybe are in a hard season or been there or will be there. How did you kind of grind through that season? Trust in God. Like what are the things that kept you going? Yeah. You know, I think part of the hardest thing for us was they did a ton of tests trying to figure out what had caused this um, irregularity in his heart. And they couldn't figure out exactly what had caused it. So they didn't know how it was going to react. And I think as a planner for me, that was the hardest part. And for my husband as a researcher, like we had no um, no, no way to predict exactly what was going to happen or what it was going to be like. So it was, it was a roller coaster for sure. Like, okay, things are going okay, but then things will get worse. Um, I'm a verbal processor for sure. Um, so I think people who were willing to ask me about it or check in with me and see how we were doing, um, I maybe wouldn't bring it up all the time, but it's the kind of thing like that was on my mind all the time. You can't ignore it. Um, you feel the baby move and you're reminded kind of thing. So Um, I think for me, that was the biggest thing I remember, um, one day after an appointment, because I did, I had a lot of appointments. I was at Wegmans with Ellie, our daughter, and like pushing her through the aisles. And I bumped into Cassie Wilson, who goes to the Webster campus. She was like, Hey, how's it going? How's the baby doing? And I broke down right next to the frozen waffles and pancakes um, in Wegmans, which I'm sure was like causing a major scene, which is like everything, every part of me. Um, But like just totally broke down and she stopped and she prayed with me like literally next to the waffles. And like that night, like dropped off food at my house. And like, I think because maybe I'm not as likely to reach out to people Um, and say, Hey, I'm going through this or, Hey, this is hard for the people who are just kind of like, Hey, let me, let me reach out to you. Let me stop and ask you how you're doing. Um, I had some other moms, some who I knew and some who I didn't know who had gone through something similar, like different medical conditions. Um, but were told during their pregnancy that their baby may not make it reach out to me. And that was huge because I felt like I could say things like, I feel like a terrible mom, but I can't set up a nursery. Like I can't bring myself to do it. Um, things that like, you know, other people would be like, it's okay. Like, like I totally understand, but like 
for somebody to be like, no, I know I was the same way, like to understand those tensions. So that's been a real challenge to me, like to reach out to other moms or other people who are going through, you know, things that are hard to just say, Hey, I know what this is like. I'm here if you want to talk. Um, because having that invitation was really, really helpful to me. So I kind of try to return that favor, I guess, somehow. So I think those were the most helpful things like being open at community group and checking in with the girls in my community group. Like, even though I want to be a put together person all the time, I just wasn't. Um, and to be able to share my struggles with them or say things, even if I'm like, this, this may sound awful or, you know, like to be willing to go there anyways with them and talk through that stuff with them. Um, yeah. So as an extrovert, people were, people were really huge for getting me through that time for sure. Yeah. I think I hear you say a couple of things. One, people are a huge part. This is why our church pushes community group so much because man, we all go through seasons like that in life and we need people to surround us. And what I love about God is even when sometimes we're not willing to drop those walls, he makes us drop them. Like yeah. how, how crazy is it that Cassie Wilson was that person? I know Cassie, they live right down the road from us. And there's not a better person for that moment to happen. Cassie right. and Dave are amazing people. Cassie is always dropping stuff off at our house saying, we love you. We're praying for you. And like, you know, that's what I love about God is like, even when I'm not willing to put myself out there, he makes me put myself out there. And like, I think for people listening, like it's okay not to be okay. Like there are seasons in life where you're not going to be okay. You shouldn't be okay. I've had to learn this. Like I'm, you know, I'm the pastor. I'm always supposed to have it together and I'm always supposed to know what to say, when to say it and to walk through a journey of losing my dad. Like I wasn't okay. And I had to be okay, like being vulnerable. And I think that's hard for people. So what would you, what would you tell someone, Aaron, that's kind of walking through a season like that right now? Like what, what piece of advice or what would, what, how would you challenge them? I think um, that it's okay to have hope, even if it doesn't line up with the facts um, or the research that you're looking at. I remember our cardiologist, um, who was awesome at Strong Hudson's cardiologist, saying, like, I'm going to give you the facts, but you need to have hope. And it was kind of like, yeah, it's kind of hard to do when you're looking at these facts and they look terrible. Um, So even when things don't look good, like that you can still have hope and you can still have faith. Um, I think that's why it's important. Like when God does bring you through something like this to be able to share it and to be able to say like, Hey, yeah, things didn't look good for me either, but here we are. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's really hard to have hope when the facts don't line up. Um, but it's not unwise to do that or it's not like it's still okay. Even if it doesn't line up, like God's still working in the background and he still totally can. We know that God can do things that seem impossible. Um, but when you bring it to the personal level, I just, I wasn't expecting it to be honest. So I guess, yeah, just saying that it's possible. That straight blew me away. I'm I- is it okay if I steal that for Christmas Eve? <laughs> like, listen, that is good. Hope even in the midst of bad facts. Like, yeah. that is, that's powerful. That gave me chills, y'all. Yeah. That is, that that's so true because 
we often let logic or our circumstances define the, the barometer of our hope. And really, it should be our belief and trust in God. Should We should always have hope no matter what yeah. we walk through. And wow, I can't believe your doctor challenged you to do that as well. I think that's powerful. And I think some people need to hear that. It's like, just because you're walking through, you know, a storm right now or, or hell, it might feel like hell. There's always, there's always, always a silver lining with God. There's always hope to be had and to be found and to bank on with, with Jesus. And wow, I think that's really powerful. Um, okay. So last question. And I, I know you hate doing stuff like this. So thank I you for do doing so <laughs> um, I really believe this is going to benefit a lot of people. Um, what is the greatest lesson or what are a couple lessons that you, you or Aaron learned as you kind of walked through the storm? Um, hmm. You mean like in the middle of the storm or looking back? Through the whole journey. I think God uses the whole journey. So what are just some lessons that God really taught you that you, basically you want to preach to yourself over and over again so you don't forget them? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the biggest things is, so Hudson's our second child and it's so easy as a parent to just get in the middle of like the day to day and the mundane and take things for granted. Honestly, like I feel like with our four-year-old, I definitely took some things for granted just because I expected that she was going to have like a normal life. Um, but I think with Hudson, because we didn't expect normal, um, God reminds me to appreciate the normal things or like even the special things that he does. So like, you know, we didn't expect that Hudson would be able to participate in gym class or play a sport. Like we would joke like, Oh, he's going to be our kid who's into music and he plays instruments. And, you know, and now, um, he's huge and he could play football if he wanted to, you know, like, so not only did I expect, you know, this is what his life is going to be like. And then God's like, Hey, no, actually he's a huge child. And if he wants to play football, he can do it. Cause won't I do it? You know? Um, so I think just to be reminded that like God cares about the details, even if we don't deserve it, even if we, you know, don't think that we do, or even if it doesn't make sense, like God wants to give us good gifts. Um, yeah, even when we don't deserve it, even when we don't see it for ourselves, he still has good things. I don't know. I think I just felt like, okay, God, God's going to use Hudson's life, and I hope he lives. Mm. And like, literally, my expectations were so low of what that life was going to look like that now it's like, look at him run and look at him do these things, you know? Um, so just that we can uh, dream a little bigger or ask God for a little bigger, you know, like I was asking God to save his life and let him be alive. Like that was my prayer. And not only did God do that, but he had so much more for me than I expected and so much more for Hudson and our family. So um, just trying to hold on to that hope and like apply it to my life, like pray bigger prayers and ask God for bigger things, not just like whatever I consider the baseline or benchmark to be, hmm. I guess. That's awesome. Well, hey, Aaron, I want to I want to personally say thank you for sharing your story. I know it's not easy. And one, I know, I know you personally, and I know <laughs> 
it's not fun for you, but man, I really believe Sunday you impacted a lot of people's lives. And so I'm thankful for that. And Hey, if you have a story to share, we want to know about it. One thing that I love is, you know, our church is full of stories of God doing what God does. And so, man, if you've got a story, let us know. You can email us. You can reach out to Aaron Hickson or myself. You can email us at our church. We'd love to hear your story and we'd love to share and celebrate how God is working in your story. And so please let us know. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Aaron, thanks for being with us. You know, between me and you, I like you better than Aaron Hickson. Yeah, you know, but he can keep doing it, I think, for now. We'll we'll let him keep his job. Again, thanks for joining us on A Little Better. We hope to see you or or hang out with you next week. Um, Until next time, we'll catch you later. Bye.